0: And HVAC on-air listeners. Today we are here at Logan's with some special guests and we're going to be talking about two-stage technology and how you do that in the field with customers and just getting some actual insight from these folks. So today we're here with Zane Pockrant and Scott Fryman and Ty Gates. Welcome to the show, guys.
1: Thank, Thank you for having thanks us. Thanks for having
0: us. We're glad to have you here. We also have a new host from Emerson, Vicki Blakely. She is going to be on the show as well. Good morning. Glad to be here. All right. So Vicki has talked with you guys before, and she has told us that you're the expert, so that's why we're here. So I'll let you take it away, Vicki, and get this conversation started. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Doug, for being here
2: today. I know we spoke a couple weeks ago about two-stage systems and how much you like them. So just kind of walk me through if you have a new customer you're talking to and how that process works and how you arrive at a system recommendation.
0: Don't all jump in at once. <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: Two-stage? <laughs> <laughs> what is that, technology?
3: I mean, I guess I'll start here. So, you know, if we're talking about why two-stage versus a single-stage system, you know, we're going into people's houses because they need something regarding heating and air conditioning. And ultimately, that's about comfort. And the biggest thing that a two-stage system will do for you is deliver better comfort. So it's one of the ways that we kind of set ourselves apart from the rest of the pack because let's face it in heating and air conditioning the bulk of people tend to focus on the simplistic and try and offer the most basic thing to be price competitive and we've always taken a different approach that we really just want to offer the best thing and that just gets the customer a lot more bang for their buck so that's that's my take on it anyways
1: yeah definitely to back zane up you know everybody has different things that influence them differently some people it's about they want to be out on their patio they don't want to hear the air conditioner you know, some people it's about they don't want to have to turn the volume up on the TV when they're watching TV. Maybe it's second floor cooling. And the biggest thing that I find is helping people understand why we're uncomfortable or, or why, why do we turn our air conditioner on. Okay. It's typically the humidity. And so a two-stage air conditioner can really keep a lower humidity in the house. Ultimately, leads to a lot more energy savings because people will turn the temperature up a few degrees. We're more comfortable at higher temperatures with lower humidities. So just kind of talking through those things and help people understand the benefits of it, and finding out what's important to them. So
0: that's a really good point about humidity. I think when people think comfort and they want to be cool, that's right. one aspect that they forget mm-hmm. a lot.
1: Absolutely, yep. yep. Especially in Ohio, we on average spend about ten days a year in Ohio, Central Ohio, mm-hmm. at ninety or above, and that doesn't mean twenty-four hour cycles. That means at some point in that twenty-four hour cycle. We hit 90 degrees or above.
0: Because <laughs> we're Ohio. Right. right. <laughs> no.
1: So if you think of it in those terms, most of our summer, we're spending between like 70 and 85 degrees is yeah. where we spend the bulk of our time. And that's really where the dehumidification makes the biggest impact. And that's the whole thing with single-stage product.
4: And air conditioner is either on or off. Is It's basically designed, Ryan, like Scott was saying, those 90-degree days. That's yeah. when it's running at its peak efficiency and also doing its best job for dehumidification due to its run cycle. Well, predominantly, we don't have that kind of weather in Ohio, so we need something that can run a longer cycle at lower temperatures, at least lower outdoor
1: temperatures, and that's where the two stage product comes in. Right, and then even to explain that further, the the you know Ty was saying run longer. Mm-hmm. You can't run a single stage longer because then you get to the house too cold. So, yeah, you know, running at seventy percent typically where there's two stage runs in first stage. Yeah, you're able to increase that run cycle without overcooling especially like the first four. So then you end up getting more air rotations through the system, more air filtration, more consistent temperatures. So,
2: so. how would you describe that to a customer so it makes sense to them? Because they probably only know off on, right?
1: So I would use a cooking analogy uh, typically. I use food. a car analogy. Yeah, I go okay. with Ty, I like, I like <laughs> the car analogy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, analogy. All right, well, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you're cooking a steak, you cook it on high heat, why? Because you don't want to cook evenly. You that know? makes know, so if oh, you want something cooked that evenly, you put a roast in a crock pot. You know, it's a very low yeah. temperature, very long cook time. So, the longer the cook time is, the more evenly, the more you know, it's going to be cooked. And a lot of people relate to that, but the car analogy is a great analogy, too. Yeah, I use it as far as single stage, meaning on or
4: off. It's just like having your car, and you're setting it to stop stoplight, punch the gas, shoot to the next stoplight. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, <laughs> not really really that great on the car mm-hmm. it's terrible gas mileage where if you can push the gas down slowly and speed up part way or halfway as far as your miles per hour you're getting to the next stop a little more evenly a little longer uh, period but less wear and tear on the vehicle so the same thing goes for air conditioning
2: saves gasoline right exactly so we can talk going to going them about area? energy savings exactly. right
4: right exactly yeah
0: That's the thing that I find really interesting is that, you know, most homeowners, they're not replacing or repairing their air conditioners that often. So that's really great that you pull in analogies that they can relate to from an everyday perspective. Mm
2: -hmm. So I'm sure you have homeowners that have researched before you've come out, right? Sure. sure. Okay. So do you get into points about SEER ratings and Energy Star? Mm -hmm. or Do you just kind of adjust your sales pitch?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people will through their reading things, they'll key in on one thing. And some people will say, well, I think I only need a 16 seer. Or some people will say, my house is too small for that. Or, you know, you hear different things and and it's helping them understand that heated seats feel nice in a Honda Civic, just like they do in a Cadillac.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so
1: So you got to kind of help them understand that what does a seer rating mean and what does two-stage mean and, you know, all these things apply in every, every situation, you know, with dehumidification. Temperature consistency noise, and if it's not important to them, and they don't see the value in it, or they don't have the budget for it, then obviously it might not be the right fit for them.
3: Yeah, I so. mean that's the key thing is finding out what's important to that person because everybody's going to have their different hot buttons and the things they care more about, and it's really just about focusing on those things. Uh, sometimes you can. Actually, get a little off track and start telling people about stuff that they don't care about. It almost makes it less valuable to them because they think they're paying for things that they don't don't necessarily need or want. So, you know, asking questions up front, really gauging what's important to the customer, that's the most important thing. And then you tailor your conversation to what what's important to them.
4: Well, another thing that Zane mentioned and Scott said is a lot of people assume I have a small house, so I don't need a two stage. It's gonna be too much for my house. And it's just a matter of explaining to them that it's irrelevant as far as square footage of your home. It's about comfort, about dehumidification, regardless of size. And once you explain it to them, they understand that it. It's not just about having to go with a base model unit because they have a small house versus a two-stage or even a variable
1: speed system. Because they have a large house that has no bearing on square footage. Mm-hmm. It's about comfort. Yep. And something Zane said earlier on, too, is most of our industry you know, kind of leans towards the more simplistic stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did that when I started in this business. I felt I was doing the customer a favor by saving them money. And honestly, what I found was is I wasn't doing them a favor. I was doing them a disservice because my happiest customers are buying two-stage variable speed, high-efficiency product. They're excited about their bills. They're excited that their second floor is a few degrees cooler. They're excited that they've turned their temperature up at the thermostat, two, three, maybe four degrees higher and what they did with their previous air conditioner because the humidity is lower. You know, the point is explaining to the customer, you don't really want to focus in on what is the seer rating. You know, when you're buying a car, you're not showing up at the dealer and saying, oh, I want that car because it gets 40 miles to the gallon." That might be one of the features you like about that car, but that's not the sole reason. So when you're talking with folks so i have talked to other companies, and they might say, well, you don't need that, and technically we don't we don't even need air conditioning it's a luxury so so, no you're right you don't need that but here's why you might want this i think our industry's doing better as we progress but it's definitely an educational process to help people understand the benefits
2: well to that point on pricing so do you usually come in with a good better best option or do you hone in more on what you think that they want
4: I'm, I know, I typically do. I'll, I'll explain the different products, different, you know, single speed, two speed, different furnaces, and then I'll give them good, better, best, and typically, once they see the pricing and realize the majority of the installation is the materials, the labor, all the stuff that goes into it, now you're just down to equipment pricing being truly the difference between one estimate and the other, is now they start seeing the value of that multi-stage product comparison to just a little bit more that they're paying for a much better level of comfort and demonification in their home versus what they had previously with the single station product
3: yeah and when especially back to your point earlier about how this is not something people do all that often for something you're going to own in your home for 15 20 years it really pays to get something a little better nobody regrets getting the better air conditioner it's right it's always the other way around yeah, where it's like true. i was I've already spending this money and for a little yeah. bit more i could have got the one i wanted those are the happiest people so i've yeah, never had anybody call me back and say i wish
1: i had done that yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a good oh, point yeah. so when someone objects to cost what are what are some of the go-tos you guys do to to get them over the hump
1: I think the biggest thing for me is we're a throwaway society. an uh, appliance repair guy told me recently you're lucky to see seven or eight years out of a new refrigerator. You know, And uh, but the, the point is not that you're going to get seven years out of an AC, but that's exactly the opposite of the point. You know, these things come with the 10-year warranties. Mm-hmm. You should be planning on a 15 to a 20-year purchase. So when you think about spending a little bit more money, maybe it's 20% more, 30% more, on something that you're going to have in your home for 15 to 20 years. And where are we spending most of our time? I mean, we're a society that spends $2,000 for a roof that we probably never use. Or <laughs> yeah. we think of the car analogy. Most people don't keep their cars more than five or six years typically. So in yeah. all the things we're paying for on a car – that we don't think about it because it's a part of the price, right? Yeah. But anyway, so the, the point is I, I always try to explain to people when you're doing this, you want to get it right the first time and
3: enjoy it for the long term. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. I mean, with the price of these things going up, I do get a lot of people saying, like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, what I used to pay for a car. And it's like, well, yeah, but you live in your house, you know. Yeah. You spend a lot <laughs> yeah, more time there. Unless yeah, that, you're living in your car, this is yeah, a much they, better place yeah, to spend yeah, that kind of yeah, money. that's yeah. exactly the point. So, we
1: spend so much more time in our houses, and you sleep so much better when you're comfortable, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, that's another true. interesting mm-hmm. thing. Maybe you guys experienced this when I oh, yeah. started in this business. I thought, oh, great winners here. People need my services. This is going to be great, you know? Mm -hmm. And and it seems like that's not the case. Mm -hmm. When it's hot out and people don't sleep, they're ready
3: to get it done like they don't even want to wait. You can always bundle up more. There's only so many clothes you can take off,
2: though.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The other thing, like Scott was saying about spending
4: more time in our homes, and we've all found out the past year is that we've all been Mm -hmm. in our homes. Well, and that's what I was
0: going to ask, how that conversation is really really hitting home now. That has
4: really Mm -hmm. driven people wanting to be in their home and be comfortable yeah. Uh, in the past, it was like, well, we're going to wait. We'll get, We'll do it next year. We'll do it next year. We see a lot more people now calling saying, we were uncomfortable this past year. If we're going to be in our house, now we're going to start working from home. We want to be comfortable. Yeah. And then now also now at that point, now we're starting to explain more and more, okay, you can be comfortable. You can replace what you have now with the same system, a single-stage unit. It's going to be more efficient. You're going to save a little bit on your, heat, on your cooling costs, but you're not going to be any more comfortable than you were last year. Yeah. Whereas if you look at doing something a multi-stage product where you can actually control humidity... Control the temperature better mm-hmm. and even out the temperatures between floors if your office is upstairs. Now that's a huge value to them. It makes that price point a little bit less of an objection because now they see the value of their house being more comfortable.
2: And I assume financing too makes that a little easier. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep, definitely.
2: And rebates, I take it, is another piece you pull all that together. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Most okay. of the rebates and manufacturing incentives are geared towards that mid or high tier product. makes it easier because everybody likes the sale.
4: Mm-hmm. And same goes for the 2021 federal tax credit. That's not been brought back. It was for 2020, and now it's back for 2021, where they could get some additional uh, money off their tax return by putting in a high-efficiency furnace or a consumer heat pump system. Excellent point. Okay.
0: Now let's talk about how you guys train technicians to talk with customers about this stuff because as you were saying when you first started in the business your initial gut reaction was to go with the most simplistic type of system to save a customer save customer dollars and make sure you're trying to build that relationship what do you guys do when you're talking to new technicians and telling them about how to have this comfort conversation
3: That's a fun one. Good
2: question, Lindsay. Because it's the repair or replace, right? So 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 these guys
1: definitely have the most experience with that. I'll say, even with my limited experience, you know, we had this old guy named Bruce that I used to work with. This guy's like seven years old. He would bring anything back from the dead. Ty knows Bruce. Ty I Bruce, Bruce would get something going that was fifty years old and no I mean unbelievable, this guy. Um, the thing the people would spend two, three, four hundred dollars, Bruce felt like a hero and two weeks later they're calling upset because it quit. They felt like they just wasted their money.
3: Oh. So
1: I, I think there's a couple of levels of conversation here, but one of the big things for me learning in my experience is getting the thing fixed and saving the money might not always result in the long-term happy customer. So I guess that's probably one of the biggest things is helping technicians understand. Let the homeowner choose, do I want to put my money towards a new system, have peace of mind with warranty, Mm -hmm. or do I want to put some money in this, which is a little bit of a roll of a dice. But as far as the rest of it, like I said, Zane and Ty have a lot more experience with that.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, the biggest dilemma is when you look at the bulk of technicians. And I was this way when I got into the industry. Were mechanically inclined people that like to fix things. Yes, so they want to be the. Hero. You have to remember that what you're really there for is for the customer. And so, if in that instance fixing it is the right thing, then that's what you do. But you really have to know in your heart that that is actually the right thing. And the first thing is to step away from your own preconceived notions about what you would do in your own house because obviously, you know, I fix my own furnace. I had an old Uh furnace in my last house. Honestly, sometimes I'd go fix it for fun, you know, (laughs) when I wanted (laughs) something to do. But the average homeowner, they're having you in that house for a reason because they're not technically inclined. They don't know how to do this stuff. So, it's really important to remember that step first and foremost as a technician. They're calling you in because you are the expert, and you have to remember that part of being that expert is giving them an honest assessment of what's really in their best long-term interest. So
2: it might be the age of the equipment yeah. that's there. There Sorry. might be like sure. a bogey of you yeah. know,
3: right? You know, and you got to remember too that <laughs> this is getting a little deep into the industry, but you guys know this. Back in uh, around the '90s, during the economic booms and everything, and uh, the focus on higher efficiency equipment and consulting consolidations that were happening in the industry it wasn't exactly the heyday for quality manufacturing and so there's a lot of stuff that's you know 15 to 20 years old wasn't good to begin with and now there's so much better stuff and as it's starting to break down it's just not in the customer's best interest to try and fix that you know there's just so much better stuff out there so let's get that in their house So
4: and one thing i've always kind of told talk to technicians about is they get there, they show up at the house, they ask the customer, what's what's wrong? No heat, no cooling, whatever the issue might be. The first inkling of a technician is they're fix-it guys. They're mm-hmm. not social yeah. guys. They want to go down there to the basement and fix it. And what I've always tried to educate technicians is ask questions before you go to the basement. Ask them some questions about, okay, yeah, it's not working. How was it working before? Just because you can find out a lot of information. The customer can do a lot of diagnostic for you. You can ask them some questions. You can right. find out kind of what it was doing. They start talking about how uncomfortable it is. It's always uncomfortable. It's always so much hotter upstairs, but now it's not working altogether. together. Rather than just going down there and replacing a capacitor on a motor or a fan motor or whatever, maybe now's the time to say, you know what, you said it's been uncomfortable all along. You can't get the humidity under control. Rather than spending six, seven, eight hundred dollars on a condenser fan motor, maybe you should look at doing a replacement and resolving these issues as well as putting that money to better use with a new system. So that's some things that they can talk to and educate themselves, but also kind of feel out where the customer's at on, on what they're really experiencing, rather than just that snapshot in time where their the unit's not working.
2: Yeah, and I'm guessing tempt them a little bit with potential energy savings and to point, more, sure. more yeah. comfort yeah. and uh, yeah.
1: I think that's definitely part uh, hard thing for our industry when you take your car to the dealer Mm -hmm. you don't talk to the mechanic that's right that's on purpose you know mechanics generally aren't good bedside manners you know they're not thinking about you know how the customer feels you know so our industry we don't have that luxury because you don't bring your furnace to us it would cost too much to send two people out to the house
0: (laughs) so so
1: it's it's uh it's definitely an interesting dynamic in our business and in really any service industry when you are going into the home I think it, there's a small percentage of the people in our industry that have good people skills and also have mechanical skills because the way our brains are wired. Yeah.
0: So. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really good point. We've heard that from a couple different folks in the industry, even from trade schools, saying, you know, they're really trying to focus on that people aspect because just like you guys are saying, you can learn so much by just talking to the customer mm-hmm. versus jumping in there, Right. even though that's kind of like their initial gut reaction. So sure. that's a really good point that that leads directly to maybe what's best for the customer by just listening to what they have to say.
2: So maybe some final thoughts, closing the deal, any personal stories or ways that you
1: feel you have a win? Actually, Ty and I were just talking yesterday. We work for some other heating and cooling organizations. I genuinely feel like here at Logan's, our process is the way our company's structured and things. We're going to do a very good service for this person. And if there's an issue, we're going to take very good care of them. It's, Trying to earn their business, trying to earn their trust in a short period of time and feeling in your heart that you are actually doing a good thing for them because there are a lot of people in our industry that maybe aren't as uh, well organized or maybe haven't been in business very long or whatever. But the point is when you're talking with a homeowner and they're considering making this decision, maybe they're going to talk to some other folks, maybe they're not sure which option to go with, maybe they want to talk to their spouse, maybe they want to talk to their financial advisor It's just understanding where the customer's at and trying to help walk them through or help them resolve these issues. Like you had mentioned, with financing is a great thing. A lot of the people we talk to haven't been budgeting for this purchase, you know. Mm -hmm. So the financing is a great option to help them with the low payment. So it just really
3: depends on the person. So. Yeah, and to to Scott's point, you know, believing in the company is obviously really important. Believing in the product is really important. It's If you don't believe that your company is going to do the things that Scott was talking about, you know, truly taking care of your customer, you know, if you don't believe that it's really the right thing to be doing for them, you need to go somewhere else. Find a place that you do believe that you are doing the right thing. And, I mean, all of us have done this long enough. We could go work anywhere, but we choose to work here because... That's what we believe is going to be best for the customer. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's the thing that probably matters most. If you do that, you will have the right conversations with people. You will ask the questions that get to the point of it, and the customer will see that and feel that, and they'll feel comfortable going with you.
0: Great. Thank you. Well, thank you again, guys. I appreciate your time. We're so glad that you were willing to do this. fun. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank fun. you. As always, you can find us at heyc-heatingconnect.com or you can follow us on Copeland, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn pages. And feel free to leave some comments. Thanks so much. Till next time.